Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. So good. So good. Adam, I don't know if you got to see it live, but my goodness, Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs singing Fast Car, incredible performance. I didn't see it live, but it was tweeted immediately. And uh, you're right. And Tracy Chapman, by the way, first of all, she sounds the same. uh, Tremendous uh, musician. And let's be honest, you see it up there and you take it for what it's worth. You got a Country, big old country boy, mm-hmm. and a black woman singing together. Uh, the imagery there uh, should not be overlooked. And I know you can get Pollyanna about it, but that's pretty good right there. And I mean, we could all take a lesson from that. And just in moments like that, where we look at each other and say, you know, we're more alike than different. And that's why we love. That's why I love music because mm-hmm. it, because it celebrates what connects us all and it celebrates struggle and it celebrates things that we um that tremendous artists do and so a celebration of music like that uh bravo and you know i'm i don't know have you always been a fan of the grammys um you know i like awards shows i gotta be honest like i was waiting all day to watch red carpet because i i like seeing the fashion and, you know, certainly when you get musical artists, they go a little crazy with the fashion. So there are some things that are uh, a little more bizarre, mm-hmm. which is fun. I like the fashion and I love the performances. That's it. I'm not going to see SZA in concert. Right. But I got to see her last night. Like, you know, for example, like on Saturday Night Live when you have artists, it was J-Lo this week, but that you haven't heard of before. That I mean, I've heard of SZA. But, you know, the opportunity to see Luke Combs. I can't pick Luke Combs out of a lineup. Uh-huh. I have no idea who that is. Nor I, could, I and, couldn't pick a SZA out of a lineup, yet I saw her yeah. performance last night. I'm like, this is really cool. Not, I mean, yeah. her performance, but yeah. the staging of it and the, the choreography and everything. I'm like, and that's mm-hmm. it. It's like I was just talking to mm-hmm. Brad Lane. I, you could take the award, the Grammy Awards away from the Grammys because it's more, it was more of about mm-hmm. performance where it's like I what I watched last night, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I dipped in and out, but I never saw one Grammy <laughs> given away. So I had to wait until oh, today oh. to see the who got the awards because it was more about performance. And in that, I think it's really a great, great show. And I'm always reminded of that. I never think about the Grammys much. And then when they're on, I'm like, wow, this mm-hmm. is a great show. I was excited to watch and the kids wanted to watch too because now you know it's not the artists I grew up with it's the artists or they are growing up with so they were excited to see everybody I have a bunch of Swifties and I'm I too am a Swiftie and we it was so fun and also we grew up my kids grew up watching Hannah Montana yes. so watching Miley yes. Cyrus take home an award I never even heard her song Flowers before last night and it's a great song and this is Miley's first win which i was really surprised at also because she's been in the music business basically since birth um and shout out to all the women because yes. mostly women right won awards last night you know billy irish billy eilish when's the man going when is a man going to get a break around yeah. here give yeah. when's a, when, when are we going to give a man an award that's what i'm going to ask well at to- the risk of sounding sexist it is when a man got on stage and made a speech that i was 
annoyed. And that is the legend that he is. No one can ever take away the accomplishments or the impact that Jay-Z has had on the music industry. But his speech was really disappointing. I think David has a clip of it if you haven't heard it. Obviously, it's subjective because, yeah. you know, it's music and it's opinion based. But, you know, some things, you know, I don't want to embarrass this young lady, but she has more Grammys than everyone and never won album of the year. So even by your own metrics, that doesn't work. Think about that. The most Grammys, never won album of the year. That doesn't work. Some of you going to go home tonight and feel like you've been robbed. Some of you may get robbed. <laughs> Some of you don't belong in the category. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that was it. No, when I get nervous, I tell the truth. I mean, first of all, I, it's hard for me to believe that Jay-Z was nervous because he's such a legend. But also, I didn't love that speech. He was accepting like the Lifetime Achievement Award, the Dr. Dre Innovator Award, and that's great. But who he was talking about was his wife, Beyonce. The fact that she has more Grammys than anyone, and she's never won album, album of the year. Facts. And, uh, okay, that's, you know. That's, he's sticking up for his wife. Album. He's sticking up for his wife. I, I get it. But I also think it you're up there accepting award, an award. Clearly, you value what these people think. And then you go crap all over them by saying you should have given my wife an award. I think he could have used it as his moment not to crap all over everybody else. And I just, I don't know, it left a bad taste in my mouth. It's sweet that he loves his wife and he thinks she deserves album of the year. But does that mean that the people who won it instead of her did not deserve it? You know, it was very much like the Kanye moment where Taylor Swift, who by coincidentally won album of the year last year or last night. Boy, when is she going to get a break, by the way? Holy buckets. Finally, we recognize Taylor Swift. I mean, come on. Again, and deservedly so. She has changed the game. She is uh, has won album of the year more than any artist ever now, including like Paul McCartney, Beatles, huge, huge icons. But I don't know. I was a little put off by Jay-Z kind of going negative instead of recognizing the enormous i mean beyond no one's like beyonce she's the queen yeah. you know just because she doesn't win album of the year it's a silly award who cares well, it's about subjective it? like, i mean that's a, that, i mean that, that uh, we're giving awards for music right and it's like just because yeah. i mean my, my, uh, your favorite musician never wins an award does it mean you're going to like that musician less like ah, you know, no of course not but I think, A, I like the controversy. We all like a little controversy. If nobody's getting slapped like Chris Rock, uh, we yeah, like the controversy. And he's sticking up for his wife. And you know what? He he kind of has a point, though. It's like it's Beyonce. Hello? She, if she probably has an album, has had an album or two or three that is deserving of album of the year. So he probably has a point. I mean, I get you're saying. I totally get what you're saying. It's like. You know, there's a time and place for everything, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, don't go negative. Yeah, I don't know. I like a little negativity but, every once in a while. It's all right. Yeah, I, I, by the way, can you, we get back to Miley Cyrus? <laughs> Miley Cyrus, by the way, uh, she's doing some serious working out because she is in incredible shape. Um, wow. I mean, Agreed. I honestly, thing. <laughs> uh, it's like, wow. And, yes. But she, it's like, 
You hadn't heard that song, Flowers? See, I, I'm, I, no. I, I think I'm the old one of uh, the two of us when it, comes, when it comes to music. That No, I've, I've heard of that song. I've heard that song before. And it's a great song. Yes, it is. And we heard it multiple times last night. And she performed, and she channeled Tina Turner. I thought her performance was amazing. I thought all the performances were really good. Uh, the, what did we start with, Dua Lipa? I didn't love Dua Lipa, yeah, but right. Um, also kind of boring. in great shape, Dua Lipa had just uh, being, being a man, I noticed uh, Dua Lipa. Adam's noticing. She's, uh, I noticed Dua Lipa. But great I staging. I liked the show. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. The show, I thought the show was great. I thought, um, t- you, you mentioned Trevor, Noah. I'm a Trevor fan. I used to watch Trevor when he did The Daily Show. So I miss him uh, every night. I miss his commentaries and his take. And he was a master. Yes. He really, he was off the cuff last night. He responded well. He did a great job. And why was Mar- Meryl Streep there? Why is Meryl Streep like at every single award show? He's talking about well, Meryl Streep and she walks in. <laughs> well, I, I guess she, Mark Ronson is her son-in-law. So one of the great record oh. producers, one of the great music producers oh. of our time is her son-in-law. I guess I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. So. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Did she? I know she sang a song in um, Only Murders in the Building. I don't know. If I she think she was just there to be there movie. in support of her son-in-law, Mark Ronson. Because she's and Meryl she's Meryl Streep. Street, anybody so why wants they her? Want, yeah. Yeah. So no, I had uh, I left with a good feeling, except for the Jay Z thing uh, with the Grammys, and I thought it was a great show. I thought there were great performances. I thought you know it was respectful. It was nice. I loved the fashion. That was really fun. Um, did you think it was? Did, did you see the Jay Z speech? I just watched it. I just watched it before we started here. So and so you I think, saw that Blue Ivy was up on stage yes, with him, right? Yes. What How old is she now? That? What is she like? She's got to be what? 12, maybe? 12 or 13. What did maybe. I think of her? I think it was great. Bring the, way to go, Dad. Bring your daughter up there. Although she seemed a little nervous. Yeah. She seemed a little yeah. nervous. I thought it was like a little awkward. Having your I kid thought, up there? Really? Yeah. I thought that was a little awkward. Because she just kind of stood there and looked awkward. So I thought... It was a little awkward, but you get—he gets to do whatever he wants to do. I just—I right. was like, hmm, why is she there? Why? Well, what's happening here? What's? I mean, she looked stunning. She, look, she's you know Beyonce's kid, of course. She's genetically gifted, but I don't know. It was a little weird. Wow, down on the Jay Z moment. Yeah, it was. It, that was my least favorite part yeah. of the Grammys, and I takes nothing away from Jay Z's contributions to hip hop, to the music industry in general, to, you know, being an entrepreneur. I think the man is a genius. I think he deserves all of the incredible success that he had growing up in the projects. Now an enormous Mm -hmm. self-made man. Um, So all the respect. That's why I thought he's such an icon that he could have used the could have used that platform to even give a little more positive message or be more encouraging to younger artists. But, you know, he gets to do what he gets to do because he's Jay-Z. A couple of moments, too, that I want to get to that uh, were appreciated by a guy like me who was scratching my head wondering who some of the younger people were. Uh, (laughs) We'll get to those next. And your reaction, too, uh, we got some texts coming in. 651-461-9226, talking about the Grammys here. 920 on a Monday morning. That's Billy Joel. He performed last night. Yeah. yeah, and this is what I'm talking about. Somebody tweet or texted us, hey, nothing about Joni Mitchell? Yes, and Joni Mitchell performing at the Grammys for the first time ever. She's 80, by the way, and considering the, her health wow. problems, the fact that she's even alive and was there, bravo. So, yes, those for, so some of, 
for some people who maybe musical taste is a little old school, there was something for everybody. And that those were great moments, too. And the, the in-memoriam part. By the way, is it, mm-hmm. you know, of any award show, that might be my favorite part of any award show. I guess that, but it's sad. isn't that weird? <laughs> but it's like, because usually it's like, well, you want to see how certain people are remembered and you want to, mm-hmm. and then you always forget like, oh yeah, I forgot that he, this person died or that person died. So the in memoriam segment last night was, it was long and they had Stevie Wonder was part of it. Annie Lennox, mm-hmm. who sounded yeah. phenomenal, doing mm-hmm. nothing compares to you. In honor of a Sinead O'Connor, and then um, Fantasia doing uh, Tina, Tina Turner. Turner. Wow! Uh, yeah. It all that was a, a cool moment. Somebody thought it was a little disjointed. It was a little disjointed, but that yeah. I thought uh, they recognized certainly. But like, you know, I'm a huge Gordon Lightfoot fan. I know the Grammys aren't going to give a lot of time to Gordon Lightfoot, even though he was one of the premier great songwriters of a generation. And but it was. Good that he was recognized. Jimmy Buffett recognized. So mm-hmm. that was uh, cool. And the, but the Joni Mitchell moment too, because she was with uh, Brandy Carlisle, who I love, Brandy Carlisle, and uh, that was just great. But somebody was also texted wondering, like me, where. So I was excited about the Curb Your Enthusiasm premiere last night. Yeah. So I knew I wouldn't be watching. Right. I'd watch the Grammys up until that point. Then I switched over. And it was like I just had to get caught up on do people actually watch the broadcast live in its entirety or do they just kind of wait for the magical moments to be tweeted out? I mean, that's just kind of how we watch things nowadays. I Maybe I'm old school, but even my kids watched with me. I said, let's watch the Grammys. Like we sort of made it an event. You know, we ordered in some food. We were together. We were commenting. I mean, yes, they were on their phones too because that's how kids right. watch now. They well, you want to see how people strings. react. Well, you, you that's yeah. how we are. We want to see who who's mm-hmm. reacting to that and it's like, whoa, did I just Correct. see that? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I watched. I watched on regular TV. Maybe I'm old school or old, but I think a, a live event like that, people do watch. You know, it's like people only watch live events anymore like sports. So this is a live event and I it's not like I was waiting for the drama. I was just waiting for the the performances yep. and to see who won. I wanted to see what Tay Tay was wearing. If she brought Travis Kelsey, her boyfriend, she yeah. did not. She didn't mention him. Oh, her- she didn't. She didn't thank him. People are like, oh, she didn't thank him. Like, okay, come on. Oh, please. I know. Thank him. Well, what did uh, he do? Well, there was some controversy though. So she she was given one of her awards by yes. Celine Dion, and she didn't really acknowledge her. And everybody's like, oh my god, it's like really we got to read into every little thing. They're fine, by the way. I didn't way. realize how sick Celine Dion yeah. was. Did you? Were you aware of I this? I was aware of that. Yeah, I'd heard something about that, but... Um, she's a young woman. She's only yeah. in her 50s, and she's got some kind of a neurological condition yes. that makes it challenging for her to sing. And I guess, you know, she could speak, but I, I thought, oh my gosh, that is... As, as somebody who is a performer, for that to be taken away must be devastating. Somebody also uh, texting in about one of the lines from... Uh, Miley Cyrus, mm. uh, Miley Cyrus, mm. best line ever. I don't think I forgot anyone, but might have forgotten my underwear. <laughs> oh God! But she had another line yeah. that I heard earlier today that was great too. She's like, "This is award is great. Uh, today is wonderful, but you know what? Yesterday was wonderful too." And I thought that was a great yeah. line too, where it's like, you know, don't let awards define you. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. it's easy to take that from somebody who's immensely talented and makes tons of money. Uh, doing but this was her love. first Grammy, right? This was her, so she is somebody who understands. You know, you can still have a great career, and she has mm. with and and or maybe she's released 
having to win awards, yeah. which is, I guess, what I was expecting from Jay-Z. Sure. Like, okay. really, Good Jay-Z? Point. You haven't released? Who gives a crap whether Beyonce wins that or not? Her, the, the mark she has made on the music industry mm-hmm. and what she has done for female artists and any artists, I, I mean, is, is enormous. You don't need somebody stinking award to prove that. Right. So that's why I was sort of like, oh, I, I think we're the rest of us are past it. But Jay-Z mm-hmm. is still kind of angry about it. I think I. I thought Miley was great. Yeah, Jay Z was just sticking up for his wife, and I appreciate all right, that. All right, all right, all right. Okay. Anyway, good breakdown of the Grammys. I'm glad you at least watched the clips because I had so much fun watching it last night. I missed the curb. Uh, you get to watch it tonight. Um, okay. But you you raise a good point too. Before we break, is mm-hmm. that, and I, I'm kind of regretting not doing this last night, sitting down and watching it with your kids because it's like that's yeah. that would have been a show where you all kind of. Everybody's represented, right? It's like, right. and then you could ask your kids, now, who's this? I could have found out who SZA is. Like, who is that's that? Because ex- that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what we said. Okay, who's that? Now, who's that? And they were like, who's Joni Mitchell? Okay, oh, that's what Billy Joel looks like. Right. <laughs> they, they were doing the opposite. And we were all looking like, wow, Miley Cyrus, because we grew up watching Hannah Montana. Mm-hmm. I mean, the kid, my kids did, yep. so I had to watch a lot of Hannah Montana. So, um, you know, there, there was a little bit of that, too. So, yes, it is fun to watch together. When we return, what is going on with prison labor? Is there an oversight? Have we gone back in time with the use of prison labor? We'll ask that question next. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Slavery is still illegal in America, at least for now. The AP ran a piece last week about prison workers, prison laborers being forced to work in agriculture fields and all across the South, often on what areas were former plantations, and talked about them not getting paid. And if they did, it was pennies on the dollar. And it also talked about dangerous conditions, you know, prison inmates doing work that they were not trained for. Mm -hmm. uh, And that was dangerous. And some of the prison inmates that the AP spoke with said, it's no different than being a slave. So what is going on? And how is this allowed to be happening? Dr. Eric Siegelman is a PhD. Oh, Dr. Oh, Eric Siegelman is a PhD student. Will Sorry, be a doctor. I, I, I just promoted you to doctor already, Eric. <laughs> He's oh, a gosh, student in the college. Yeah, uh, of liberal arts, who um, is an expert in this space. And we're so grateful uh, to have you on the show to talk about this because, Eric, I was shocked when I read that, it, and, and I imagine I'm naive, when I read that inmates are forced to work, and if they don't, they'll go into solitary confinement, or they'll get a longer sentence if they don't necessarily, you know, want to go work on a chicken farm or a cattle ranch or, or pick, um, to pick vegetables. So, Eric, give our listeners and us a little bit of background. What is really happening in the prison labor market? Sure. Um 
Well, first, let me just say, I think you're rightfully shocked. I mean, many of, of us thought that slavery was abolished with the 13th Amendment after the Civil War. Um, but it persists inside our prisons to some degree. Um, so let's see. The background here is, um, well, to try to provide an overview of prison labor in the U.S., it's a little bit difficult because of the lack of centralized data on criminal justice systems in general and specifically the unregulated nature of this particular type of prison labor that the Associated Press is uncovering, which is this this unregulated agricultural labor. So it can be very difficult to know the precise scale. There is something called the Prison Industry Enhancement Program, which is a formal federal program um, of, of very regulated partnerships between prisons and private corporations. And I have like their quarterly reports right here. So we have exact numbers there. But this agricultural labor is beyond their purview. Um, so I think there there are a few important points to make about the scale and type of prison labor. Um, I think that the Associated Press and other outlets are making a very compelling case with their investigative reporting um, literally following trucks from prisons to purchasers of prisoner-made products, that this is a relatively widespread practice. It's taking place in multiple states, and the products are ending up in the supply chains of some very prominent corporations. Um, and the lack of oversight of prison farming and the ways in which the structure of these arrangements lend it to abuses, it makes it very reasonable to worry that these abuses are taking place on a large scale. So it's, it's clearly worthy of our moral condemnation and and further investigation and and there's an, another interesting point here which deals with my research which is about trends in prison labor more broadly um, my research shows that there is actually a broader story of the decline of prison labor in the modern u.s um, so my colleague uh geert dump from john jay economics at the city university of new york and i we use the bureau of justice statistics survey on prison inmates, which they've done every several, several years since the 70s, um, to learn about how much work people are doing and what type of work they're doing. And we see that from 1973, which is at the beginning of the prison boom, the historic prison boom in the U.S., to the present, um, there's a shift in the average experience of incarceration from one of forced labor to one that's increasingly of idleness. Um, so while in 1974, only about 20% of incarcerated people were jobless and 5% worked very low hour jobs under 10 hours per week or so. Um, in 2016, which is the latest year for which we have data, about 40% were jobless and 25% worked these very low hour jobs, um, 10 hours per week or less. So, and when you, when you invited me for the interview, I went back to my data analysis and I ran the numbers again for agricultural work specifically. Mm -hmm. um, and in 2016, which is the latest year for which there are data, 2% um, of incarcerated people reported that they worked in farming, which in 2016 would mean about 25,000 people in state prisons. So that's not including federal prisons or people in jail. So... If there are 25,000 incarcerated people, potentially in the modern era, working in prison agriculture, and there may be a reasonable percentage of these are these sort of extremely exploitative, abusive jobs profiled in the Associated Press piece, then I think the first clear point to make is that this is simply a significant number of people whose well-being should deeply concern us. Yeah. And, and yeah, great. And 
these proportions do also remind us, and the AP piece says this, they're not making a claim that this is sort of characteristic of incarceration more broadly or even prison labor well, more broadly. Erica, can I stop you there? Because I think that's what we're yeah. talking about, two different subjects yes. here. And that's mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, so to your point and the research you're doing, this report actually hurts the cause, which I think you're trying to make, which is, and my question is that also, and statement, I guess, is this, is that if you are incarcerated and put into prison, I think there's an expectation, I think, not only for uh, for your punishment, but also for just the betterment of you becoming a better human being, is that mm-hmm. there is some work involved with being in prison that in that you could perform a, a, a function that is necessary, that is, you know, affirming, and also other structures in society can benefit from having prisoners do certain jobs. Yeah, I think, I think there are a few ways to think about this. I think it's right to point out that given the current structure of incarceration in the U.S., um, it is somewhat common for, for people to describe wanting work inside prisons, right? Which is a, a sort of wonderful fact, right? It's important for us to know that, that there is, there is a lot of structural idleness inside prisons. Um, as I was saying with, with the story that my research tells, the sort of the story of what prisons are today is there less these kind of, or the relationship between prison and labor is less one of direct exploitation. And it's more one of warehousing people who have been rendered jobless mm-hmm. by oh. recent economic restructuring yep. um, in the late 20th century. So the sort of the, the more important, I think, I, I think it's crucial for us to make these prison labor reforms to avoid the obvious abuses that, yes. that y'all were just describing. Right. Slavery, the, the lack of compensation, a fair compensation for one's work, the lack of oversight of conditions. People are getting injured on these jobs. This is all egregious. And it's important for us to understand that in addition to making those crucial prison labor reforms, to address the U.S.'s incarceration problem at its core would mean to build a more inclusive economy throughout the broader society. Um, so to your, to your point, Adam, um, I think it's, it's, it would be, you, it would be very interesting to think up what it might mean for people to have meaningful economic opportunity during incarceration, right, access to jobs that actually support them with their post-release employment prospects and actually allow them to accumulate some wealth during their incarceration so that they can continue Mm -hmm. to support their families because people's financial obligations do not end when they become incarcerated and to help them avoid um, re-entering into legal activity after release and to afford their lives, that, that's, a, that's a wonderful thing to wonder about. Um, I also, I worry that that may not be fully possible within the structure of incarceration as it currently exists because of the opacity, the difficulty of oversight, um, and also just the nature of prison as a place that needs to be, um, that needs to present a worse alternative to people on the lowest rungs of society. It's what sociologists of punishment call the principle of less eligibility. This idea that prison needs to present a more miserable alternative to to the worst forms of poverty in the society in order to provide a form of deterrence. So there are a lot of of big puzzles here, Um, but it seems pretty plain that, that the current form of prison labor is quite abusive 
and that an important form of remedy for the problem of incarceration in the U.S. is making a more inclusive economy throughout the broader society. Eric, let me just ask you one question, and then we got to go. We have about a minute left. Um, is what is happening for prison labor legal currently in the United States? Um, it. Let's see. I think the, the simple answer here is yes, it is legal. Um, and that's something that should give us some pause, right? So the the mm-hmm. 13th Amendment, um, which abolishes slavery except in the case of a criminal conviction, it has analogs at the state level um, in, in state level constitutions. And those provisions have been, over the last several years, there have been movements to undo those provisions at the level of the state, of state constitutions. And one by one, um, advocates are making progress. So these provisions are being overturned. Um, but it, it, is, it is the case that again and again, when prisoners file for labor rights in court, their cases are dismissed because they're deemed to not be employees. They're deemed to be in a non-economic, coercive programming relationship between prison administrators and prisoners rather than a contractual mm-hmm. one between an employer and an employee. So they're excluded from the rights that are typically afforded to workers by things like the Fair Labor Standards Act. Eric, that was a great explanation. I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Eric Seligman, he is a Ph.D. student at the College of Liberal Arts. Eric, we'll check back in with you again. Thank you, sir. Excellent. Thank you so much. Did it change your mind, Adam? Because I was appalled when I read this story. Yeah, let's feel like let's do this. Let's take a break and then uh, reset here, because I think we were kind of talking about two different issues, which both they're relative they're connected, mm-hmm. and we can get into it. But let's take a break, and we'll come back. And your reaction to 651-461-9226. that is the Lindis Construction time check. Time to get 50% off installation labor on Infinity from Marvin Windows. Jordana just had to step away. Uh, she'll be back uh, shortly. But the, the, okay, so the reason we got Eric on was because of this AP story that showed prisons are abusing the... Uh, the work of prisoners, unsafe conditions. And and it's very interesting and symbolic, by the way, that a lot of these cases they uncovered in this story are of prisoners working in fields where their ancestors worked as slaves. And it should not be lost that that is now basically happening again. It should be noted, too, that the 13th Amendment that Eric was talking about, a lot of these states are trying to change that, change the rules in which prisoners are allowed to work and what rights they have. Now, obviously, we're getting, Jordan, we're getting a lot of texts. Well, they're prisoners. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, yeah. they're prison right. for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I get that. And my point is, too, mm-hmm. is that if we're mm-hmm. going to put people behind bars as punishment for mm-hmm. crime, it is not merely just punishment. It is also rehabilitation. And Correct. if you rehabilitate somebody, you should provide for them opportunities to better themselves as a uh, a worker mm-hmm. doing positive things, but not at the complete expense, though, of that worker and giving that worker no rights, including uh, safety conditions that are afforded to right. any other worker in the United States. And it should not be lost here in this article about the AP mm-hmm. that corporations, including big corporations, are absolutely taking advantage of this system by basically having employees do work and that they don't really have to pay a dime for.
And that is what is a concerning part about this. There should at least be some kind of fee to make their lives a little better or do some job training that actually helps. Because the AP article was interesting, saying that conditions are not only unsanitary, they're dangerous, people are not trained for the jobs, and and people are getting injured. And that shouldn't happen to anybody. I'm all for... Um, what Eric was saying, he said, you know, sometimes prison is very isolating and lonely and, and they want to work. I get that. I totally get that. But there needs to be, again, safety, some security right. and progress. If you're going to teach somebody how to work in a chicken farm, then give them there must be some skills that they need so that when they get out, they can go work on a real chicken right. farm and get a wage. So I um and this isn't uh, for. Know, that, and this that's is, why it was so troubling. Yeah, and it's not for mm-hmm. all prisoners, by the way. I'm not saying that. Yes, even the right. worst of the worst should have this. No, mm-hmm. we're talking about people. If their uh, conditions, if they're sentenced and convicted cert- to certain conditions, they should be afforded not all mm-hmm. of them, but some who, and, and, and certainly yes. ones who are going to re-enter society mm-hmm. at some point, should be uh, given this opportunity, and they should be able to make money, not just pennies on you know pennies where some mm-hmm. other workers. Uh, they should be able to make money to go towards their future, too. So they have something when they are released yes. so they can get back on their feet. So not only maybe a little bit of money, maybe first month's rent, whatever that is, but skills, too, so you can get out and get a job. Yeah. So, I, I look, I, I see a benefit to prison labor, but there needs to be some oversight here because – once private industry is also getting involved, that seems like there should be some kind of, well, most, like I said. Some, most, so many of these prisons now are private. I mean, that's the part yeah. of the problem, too. Yeah. Uh, so there's not a lot of oversight. It's a topic I'm sure we'll uh, revisit mm-hmm. at some point. But we have quick takes coming up. DJ, what do you have coming up next? Should Metro Transit continue allowing free bus rides on certain routes? Also, another member of the Timberwolves is heading to the All-Star game. Break. Thing. The mascot, Crunch? Yeah. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 